As the Boston Bruins continue their search for their new head coach, I'm kicking off a new offseason series looking back at Don Sweeney's draft history as general manager of the Boston Bruins. Whew, let's get into it, beginning with the 2015 NHL Draft here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, as well as on YouTube. So open up your phone, smash that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your podcast feed as well as the YouTube channel. Today is Monday, June 20th, and uh, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. If you are on Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast at LockedNHLBruins, and you can find me. My dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. Lifelong Bruins fan, been covering this team for various outlets for about 17 years. And over those years, the 2015 NHL draft is probably one of the more controversial, regrettable, lamentable pieces of Boston Bruins history. And we're going to dig into that draft here today in part one of my look back at Don Sweeney's draft history as general manager of the Boston Bruins. Now Don Sweeney, uh, first of all I should mention, over the past few weeks I had looked at his trade history and overall I think his body of work in trades is pretty solid. That's probably one of his uh, has been one of his strengths as Bruins general manager. Drafting, probably the biggest weakness. Don Sweeney became general manager on May 20th, 2015. June uh, 26th marked the beginning of the 2015 NHL entry draft. Prior to those selections, Don Sweeney had traded Dougie Hamilton to the Calgary Flames in exchange for the 15th overall pick and two second round picks. He then traded longtime Bruins forward Milan Lucic to the Los Angeles Kings for the 13th overall pick. Uh, as well as Martin Jones and Colin Miller. That set up the Bruins to make three straight first-round picks 
seeing as they had uh, the 14th overall pick already. So they got 13th pick from the Kings, 15th pick from the Flames, and Don Sweeney, therefore, take to the podium to make three straight first-round picks. With the 13th overall pick, he selected defenseman Jakobs Borl from the St. John Sea Dogs of the QMJHL. With the 14th overall pick, he selected Jake DeBrusque from the WHL's Swift Current Broncos. And then with the 15th overall pick, he selected Zach Sinitian from the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds of the OHL. Now at the time, I was working at the score uh, up here in Toronto, mobile app, many of you I'm sure use. Uh, and the way it worked then, there was a war room at the score where there was like six TVs set up. If we were covering big events, we'd be sitting in there, driving into work that day. I learned about the Dougie Hamilton trade. Uh... Not a huge fan of that, but, you know, they get three picks that they can use that weekend. Maybe they can make the best of it. Um, and when these three picks were made, I was working, sitting at my computer, just dumbfounded as to the names that Don Sweeney had called. Now, looking back... It's fair to criticize these picks. The meme we all know of, the Bruins could have uh, Barzal, Connor, Shillington here. Keeps coming back over and over. But let's take a step back and assess what actually happened in this first round. And uh, for those of you on video, I'm going to try sharing my screen here and show you who was ranked where in the first round. So if we look at the, uh, these are the NHL Central Scouting's 2015 final rankings. You see Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, uh, Noah Hannafin, Dylan Strom, Lawson Kraus, ranked fifth over Mitch Marner. And then we scroll down. Again, remember, the Bruins had picks 13, 14, 15. With the uh, 13th overall pick, they selected Jakobs Borl. He was actually ranked 12th, according to... NHL Central Scouting's final rankings. So, you can see that as a win. DeBrusque was ranked 19th by NHL Central Scouting. He was selected with the 14th overall pick. So, not a huge stretch there. Where the big problem is with Sinitian. I have to do a control F search to find his name. He was down at the 38th spot when it comes to NHL Central Scouting's rankings. So really, 
Zborl, DeBrusque. Zborl wasn't a reach at all. He was fairly selected with the 13th overall pick. You can see that he was ranked higher than Thomas Shabbat, his defensive partner in St. John. He was ranked higher than Kyle Connor, Travis Konechny. Um, of course, Matt Barzell was ranked higher. That's the big swing and miss at this draft among many, to be honest. But Zborl, DeBrusque were not significant reaches for the Boston Bruins. DeBrusque, coming off a 25-goal season, Zborl was just signed to a contract extension. He looked like he was coming into his own this past season. And I think he could be a pretty good defenseman for the Boston Bruins beginning in 2022-23, especially with injuries to McAvoy, Grizzlick. Riley to begin the season. Sinition, of course, was the huge miss in the first round for Don Sweeney. And we're going to talk about the rationale for these selections as well as some other misses in later rounds here in a moment. But first, a quick word about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your scores, podcasts, and news. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. I have an important favor to ask you now. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. It's your opportunity to tell us what you like, what could be improved about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. doesn't take very long, and once you complete the survey, you qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. Again, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Thank you so much for your help. Now, it was just last year... 2021, that Cam Neely finally acknowledged that this draft didn't quite work out for the Boston Bruins. Uh, They were just off a second round loss to the New York Islanders. And Matt Barzell, a Calder Trophy winner for that team, was instrumental in defeating the Bruins. And Neely was asked about that as team president. He said he's looked back at that draft a lot. He thought the timing of when they hired Don Sweeney and the draft was taking place 
It would have been good to have a little bit more time between the hiring and the draft. Not to say that Don wasn't involved in the amateur meetings, but he wasn't involved um, most of the time thinking that he was making the pick. There was, of course, over a month between when he took over and when the draft took place. And it really doesn't take that much time to realize that a guy like Zach Sanishin should not have been selected in the first round. Especially when there's guys like Matt Barzell, Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat, Joel Erickson Eck, Colin White, Brock Besser, Travis Konechny, Jack Roslovich, Anthony Beauvillier. Those guys were all left on the table in the first round after the Bruins' three picks. Not to mention Sebastian Ajo, who was taken in the second round. Now again, Zborl, Tabrusk, they were rated as first-round picks. Uh, the Bruins, you know, not completely off-base in selecting those guys. They were decent picks at the time. Um, it was sedition that, of course, was the reach. And Don Sweeney said um, that basically they were concerned or one of the scouts really thought Sanishin wouldn't be available in the second round, and that's why they reached and made that pick. Now, in Sweeney's defense, he did do a lot leading up to the draft to get those three first-round picks. He was forward-thinking in trading Lucic. He got a good haul for Dougie Hamilton. Uh, we'll look at the return on that here in a moment with those second round picks. Um, the Bruins did try to move up in the draft. They weren't necessarily convinced they were going to make these picks. Everybody knows they were hot and heavy after defenseman Noah Hennepin. But in the end, Neely said we probably should have taken timeout and really digested the list a bit more instead of settling for those picks that they made. Now, gonna share my screen here once again and look at the second round picks that the Bruins made. Um, again, two of these picks came from the Calgary Flames. The Bruins selected Brandon Carlo. 37th overall. Then they went with Jacob Forsbacker Carlson, 45th overall. Jeremy Lozon, 52nd overall. Carlo, we all know, has become a top four defenseman for the Boston Bruins. Forsbacker Carlson was a big miss. Lozon developed into a top six defenseman for the Bruins. Bottom pair guy selected by Seattle. Subsequently traded to Nashville, where he just signed a four-year, $8 million contract. 
But if you look at some of these names that were left on the board, uh, you know, Eric Cernak is a good defenseman for uh, now the Tampa Bay Lightning. Rupe Hintz is a big one who has developed into a star for the Dallas Stars. Jordan Greenway. Kind of surprised the Bruins didn't take him. He was a, uh, you know, USHL product. Kind of uh, in the same mold of a Milan Lucic, a big winger who can score. Uh, Oliver Shillington dropped all the way to the 60th pick. He broke out this past season as a very good defenseman for the Calgary Flames. So out of six picks in the first two rounds, the Bruins still have three of those players, and they're not a they're not exactly star players in today's NHL. DeBrusque, well, hopefully he sticks around past this summer. Still has that trade request that hasn't officially been rescinded. He is a very talented goal scorer. Still struggles a bit with consistency. Like to see him, you know, become a Kyle Cotter type who's putting up 40 goals per season. Zborl, I think there's something there. Carlo, top four defenseman. Uh, for sure, although he has his shaky moments as well. But Sinition was sent to the Ottawa Senators at this past trade deadline in exchange for Josh Brown. Sinition, an Ottawa guy, maybe he could take off. I was looking at some rankings uh, yesterday. I believe it was Corey Pronman then of ESPN who had Sinition in his top 10 when it comes to speed from that draft. So he has a skill set. He can fly, he can score uh, if he's given an opportunity with the Senators. Perhaps there could still be something there. Um, I was always optimistic that he could figure it out. Ultimately, he did not. In later rounds, the Bruins selected Dan Vladar in the third round. Uh, He was since traded to the Calgary Flames. Jesse Gabriel selected in the fourth round out of the WHL's Regina Pats. He never made it to the NHL. And then the Bruins traded their fifth round pick in 2015 to the Minnesota Wild for a fifth round pick in 2016. And to add insult to injury to pour some major salt on the wound... That pick was used on Kirill Kaprizov, who has busted out as a superstar player for the Wild with 159 points in his first 136 NHL games. Uh, He would definitely be someone that you'd love to see with the Bruins. Sixth round, they selected Cameron Hughes. He's appeared in two games for the Bruins. He's played well. For Providence, but probably not going to become an NHL regular. And then Jack Becker was selected in the seventh round that year. So overall, a 
pretty underwhelming haul for the Bruins when they had a real opportunity to build for the future. Cam Neely said, obviously hindsight is everything we'd all love to have moving forward and thinking about making different decisions or better decisions. You can always do that in every draft, no matter where you pick and how many picks you have. Uh, but while there is some truth to that, you can look back at any draft, see guys that fell. You know, Alex Debrinkit, we'll talk about later on. He was a second-round pick. Uh, even Sebastian Ajo in this draft, a second-round pick. Every team, most teams, make some questionable selections that come back to haunt them. But what stands out for the Bruins, of course, is the three picks in a row. And, again, you can look back at the rankings. They were justified in pickings Borel and uh, DeBrusque. Sinition, just indefensible, especially with guys who are still on the board. Uh, it would have changed a lot of what came after if you pick one of those guys, you know, you have to think about salary cap implications and the like. But in my mind, you take the best available talent and deal with that later on. You get them for three years at their entry-level contract. And if things aren't working out, then you can flip them for more picks. You know, it's always good to have the best available assets in the organization so that you can deal from positions of strength instead of hoping that things will work out. And uh, the Bruins, you can describe this as a disastrous draft, and they're still feeling the effects of uh, this, I don't want to call it a brain fart, but yeah, just picking sedition because they didn't think he'd be there in the second round, even though he was ranked well in the second round, uh, and they had three second round picks. So, would we have been upset if they picked Barzal, Connor, Konechny with that 15th pick and got Sinitian instead of Jacob Forsbacher Carlson? Nobody would have questioned that. But it played out how it did. And uh, this draft was a fa failing grade for Don Sweeney? Yeah, I'd say so. Now we're going to talk about the latest names when it comes to Boston Bruins uh, coaching vacancy here in a moment. But just want to remind you that you can check out the Locked On NHL podcast immediately following Locked On Boston Bruins. They have you covered like no other through the Stanley Cup final. You can hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Had a couple coaching vacancies filled around the NHL in recent days. Not officially in Dallas, but it appears as though Pete DeBoer will be the next head coach of the Stars, according to Elliot Friedman. He and Jeff Merrick on their podcast, 32 Thoughts, talked quite a bit about the possibility of Mark Savard going to Dallas because he had a great relationship this past season with Wyatt Johnston, who's a top prospect in their organization. 
Perhaps Savard will jump on as a assistant in Dallas. Perhaps he'll hop the border from Windsor to Detroit and become head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. Or perhaps he's still on the table when it comes to the Boston Bruins. Uh, and Friedman did say on Sunday's episode that he's still wondering about Savard can see a natural tie there. Obviously, Savard loved his time with the Bruins. He publicly advocated on Twitter to become the next head coach. The fans love him. Uh, still wondering also about Nate Lehman from Providence. Friedman said there was mutual interest in Lehman taking over in Providence prior to Ryan Mugenel taking on that job. They couldn't work out a deal. Lehman has since signed a contract extension at Providence, so they'd have to really make it worth his while. Friedman believes it's probably going to be one of Jim Montgomery, Jay Leach, or David Quinn, but they are interested in Spencer Carberry in Toronto, as well as Pittsburgh Penguins assistant Mike Vellucci. So seems as though there's still quite a few Balls in the air, options up there for the Boston Bruins when it comes to their head coaching vacancy. And uh, perhaps we'll start to hear word of some actual interviews this week. And also, yeah, some movement when it comes to uh, perhaps some trades leading up to the draft. Um, the draft is set to take place on the 7th, I believe, of July, uh, or sorry, the 8th and 9th, 7th, 8th, 9th, around there in Montreal, Bruins without a first round draft pick, uh, so we'll be waiting until the second round to see who the Bruins select this year, and we'll be continuing our series looking back at the draft in the time between now and the 2022 draft. I'll continue with the 2016 draft here in a moment. Or sorry, on a future episode. I should add, talking about missing guys on draft day, you only have to look back to 2014 to see how that worked in Boston's favor. As we all know, David Posternock fell somehow, to the Boston Bruins at the 25th overall pick. And if you look at the players who were selected in that draft, the most prolific, he ranks second in points, well ahead of third-ranked Sam Reinhardt. Leon Dreisaitl, far and away the best player selected that year, 616 points in 558 games. He was the third overall selection uh, David Pasternak selected 25th overall, 240 goals, 264 assists for 504 points in 510 games. Sam Reinhardt, who was selected second, he ranks third in points. Braden Point was selected 79th overall that year. He ranks fourth in points. Uh, Dylan Larkin rounds out the top. Five, he was selected 
15th overall. Nikolai Ellers, William Nylander, Aaron Ekblad were all first-round picks, and they uh, come in after them. You see some real misses in the first round this year. Michael Dow Cole selected fifth overall. Jake Vertanen, sixth overall. Hayden Fleury, seventh overall. And then our old boy Nick Ritchie was selected tenth overall. Uh, 14, 15 spots ahead of David Pasternak. Uh, so that was a year it worked out in the Bruins' favor. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. The fact they had those three picks is what makes 2015 such a a head shaker and a selection process that will haunt the Bruins for quite a few years to come still. Anyways, that's it for today's episode of Lockdown Boston Bruins. My friends, thank you so much for joining me to begin this series. Again, I hope you all had a great weekend. Uh, and uh, your week is off to a good start. I uh, enjoyed Father's Day yesterday, treated well by my family. Uh, spent a lot of time at the skate park this weekend as my middle son scootered around on his prodigy. Went to the park, got some ice cream, watched a lot of Severance. Only two episodes remaining for me in that. A little late to that show, but right up my alley. It's uh, It's very, very good. If you haven't checked that out yet. So yeah, happy Monday. Talk to you again here tomorrow on the Locked On Boston Ruins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your favorite team every single day. Take care, friends.